8,000 trail miles, one year. This podcast follows Sammy Potter and Jackson Perel on their attempt of the calendar year triple crown of hiking. I'm Zoe Gates, and this is Impossible Odds. Meryl exists to share the simple power of being outside. Hell yeah, I love that. No matter who you are, where you came from, who you love or how you move, everyone should be welcome in the outdoors and wherever life takes us. Meryl strives to inspire everyone because together we can help protect the trail that we love. Our goal is to provide thoughtfully designed, rigorously tested outdoor products that over-deliver on performance, versatility, and durability. This is important not just if you're through hiking, but for everyday walking or running as well. So, uh, sort of left y'all with a little bit of a cliffhanger, <laughs> if you will. The doctor who I was in touch with in no certain terms told me that I, quote, must take 10 days off. If you don't know what Sammy's talking about, let me give you a little recap. In early April, Sammy and Jackson reached the Mexico border on the Pacific Crest Trail, capping off a huge milestone for their trek. But Sammy had been experiencing terrible pain in his feet, and a call with a doctor resulted in an unfortunate prognosis. He had macerations between his toes, basically softening of the skin that resulted from wearing the same shoes for too long. Taking any time off the trail, let alone 10 days, will set Sammy and Jackson drastically off course for their calendar year triple crown attempt. Um, I mulled over this decision for, I don't know how many waking hours, but I didn't sleep for the first night after the PCT, not just because I was excited, but also because this was a very tough decision to make. At the end of the day, um, you know, I decided that this was a risk that uh, that, frankly, I was willing to take. Um, I know I'm going to have to keep really good tabs on how my feet are doing from this point forward um, in hopes that that uh, issue do not persist or come back. Um, but in the three days, two and a half days that we took off in between uh, Southern California and returning to Pennsylvania, um, these issues almost completely dissipated. I was wearing flip-flops and hardly walking around at all. I felt as though I was willing to take this risk because I was feeling so good, take it slow, monitor what's going on, and uh, keep sending it on the Appalachian Trail. So Sammy and Jackson head back east to where they left off on the AT in late winter. With much of the snow melted, they hope to hike from Pennsylvania all the way to Mount Katahdin in Maine, completing the AT and ticking off their first full trail of the Triple Crown. As we left the Pacific Crest Trail for the time being uh, in the beginning of April, uh, for the first time we had some clue about what each trail was going to be like because simply we had now been on each trail. Uh, obviously, northern sections are completely different than southern sections, but uh, there's a level of familiarity that uh, you grow as you're on any trail. And uh, I think the biggest jump in familiarity that occurs on any trail is in the first, like, 200, 300 miles. At least it feels that way to me so far. Um, so it's a huge boost of confidence just having even stepped on all three of the trails and, you know, really being at the point that we are right now. In returning to the AT, uh, it feels like home in a weird way. <laughs> um, you know, that's where we started this year 
on January 1st, all the way back down at, at Springer Mountain, what feels like forever ago. And as we head back to the Appalachian Trail to hopefully finish it out on this uh, second stint going north from Boiling Springs, uh, just over a thousand miles left to go. So the mid-Atlantic states of Pennsylvania, uh, New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut have frankly been the definition of chill. Uh, you know, when you're in the dead of winter and when you're constantly, you know, climbing up and down um, big things um, and, you know, just worried about making it through the day or making it through the next three days with enough food and enough sleep, um, that's enough to enough to occupy your mind and maybe even seem overwhelming. But um, with this level of pleasant uh, walking, my mind has actually begun to wander a little bit and I've been pondering some sort of uh, larger questions, uh, you know, for example, returning to the reasons that I'm out here, which I think have began to evolve a bit. I wrote a lot about this prior to coming out on this journey because I, I wanted to be able to, in those deep, deep moments um, of struggle, be able to clearly tell myself, why am I doing this? And um, the overall answer is that um, I want to live and I want to feel emotional depth and breadth and physical depth and breadth and go to uh, the deepest parts of myself in order to accomplish something. And that's still remains, you know, completely true. Um, but I also think when you have opportunities such as this to hike 25 pretty easy miles and, you know, not listen to music all day, really just listen to the sounds around you and at some points go in and out of a state of flow, it's inevitable that you're going to be present at times, but also sink deeply into um, memories and reflections of um, past life. It sounds both deep and irreverent at the same time. <laughs> or maybe nonsensical is a good word, is the right word. Um, but frankly, it's incredibly peaceful to uh, be out here right now, and I'm so grateful for that. But on the Triple Crown, chill hiking never lasts long. As Sammy and Jackson push north, there are still plenty of challenges to keep them on their toes. Well, that is some fog right there. A whole lot of fog we're walking into. Holy shit, that's some snow. The minute we enter New England... Connecticut, to be exact, from uh, New York, April 22nd, who would have thought, there's some snow coming down, just a little bit, but it's noticeable, that is snow, oh my god. So the White Mountains were one of the craziest experiences that I think I've ever had in my life. I'm just now getting a chance to finally record this because uh, throughout the <laughs> whole entirety of the White Mountains, I have gotten next to no sleep, maybe like four or five hours. So, day one. We've been in New Hampshire for a bit. We head up on top of Mount Musilock, which is the first 4,000 footer um, that you go over in the White Mountains when on the AT. Absolutely beautiful views. Um, really, really stunning. Come down Moose Lock, um, immediately go up 
onto Mount Wolf, uh, followed by the two Kinsmans, South Kinsman and then North Kinsman. These take us far longer than expected, and we actually don't get down to the trailhead until 12.30 a.m. Now, this probably wouldn't be a problem if we were just on a regular schedule of getting eight hours of sleep, waking up, and finishing the day at you know 7, 8 p.m. whenever we decide to finish. But because of the nature of the trail right now, um, it's going up and down over and under tree line up every few miles. So we really need to plan out exactly where we're going to start and where we're going to finish each day um, throughout the section. Additionally, at that point, we saw that two days out from there, a storm was brewing through the White Mountains. Um, specifically, uh, a storm was going to hit Mount Washington. Um, Mount Washington is the tallest mountain in the White Mountains, it's the tallest mountain in New Hampshire. And it has unbelievably bad weather. Um, people die there all the time. It can be super warm, you know, uh, 3,000 feet below and be a hailstorm up on top of Mount Washington. And that is a very regular occurrence. That's all as a means of saying, when there is a storm, um, Mount Washington is not the place that you want to be. Um, and based on the schedule that we were on, we were on pace at that time to go over Mount Washington on the day that, that the severe storm was coming in, estimated like 40 to 50 mile per hour winds um, and a possible snowstorm as well. So they decide to improvise. In order to avoid Washington on the day of the storm, Sammy and Jackson decide to skip ahead. They'll hitch a ride with their friend Philip to the presidentials and tag Washington and the surrounding peaks a day early. Once that's done, they can backtrack to the section they missed and connect the dots. If we're going to do the presidentials in this way, we know we're going to do it in one day, a single day. Um, and that is 26 miles over 10,000 feet of um, elevation gain and 10 different peaks. So, you know, naturally, we got to get a good night's sleep beforehand. Jackson just turns to me and goes, you know, why don't we just get a clean four hours of sleep and then send it? We kind of burst out laughing a little bit after that at the absurdity of being rested on four hours of sleep, but um, you know, I was just super grateful to have have a have a partner with me who was just that that amp on such a little sleep and just ride that wave of adrenaline. I'm gonna see if I can name each one of the uh, presidential peaks that we were going over without uh, looking at a map. Okay, so you got uh, Madison, Adams, Jefferson, Clay. Uh, Clay isn't really a presidential, but you know, we went over it anyway. Washington. Uh, Monroe, Eisenhower, Pierce, uh, Jackson, and Webster. We get started on Madison, get up there around 8 a.m., and um, there is not a single soul in sight. A snow-covered mountain uh, with very little coverage and, and quite windy, but the experience of being above treeline in the White Mountains is just, it's unlike any other, um, because you can see so far. I'm riding on like... <laughs> Four hours of sleep right now. Uh, a lot of vert left to go, a lot of vert behind us. Knees are absolutely jackhammered right now. But, you know, somehow, somehow I feel alright. And uh, I think these 360 views and wind in my face has a little bit to do with it. Wow, this place is, this place is something special. We'll be right back. 
not all shoes are created equal. Believe me, having a bad or unsupportive shoe makes a big difference. So when you're heading outdoors, skip the sneaker and step into the Merrill Moab. Moab's a sick place, and uh, these are sick shoes. From crossing trail to crossing town and everywhere in between, you get more traction, more stability, and more comfort. So next time you take a hike, get more out of every single step. Join us outside at Merrill.com. The Presidential Traverse crosses some of the most rugged hiking in New England. The tremendous elevation gain is only the start of the challenge. Almost all of the some 20 miles of the Traverse are above treeline, exposing hikers to the vicious weather that this part of the White Mountains are known for at every turn. Um, we get up uh, Jefferson and that's when, you know, the fatigue like really starts hitting me. I, I crank out uh, some tea that I brewed up earlier in the morning just to get that caffeine boost a little bit. My heart starts beating a little bit faster and uh, really gets me amped for the climb for, for Washington. Um, I've been up Washington at least five times in my life and love being up there. It's a pretty intense climb uh, to get to the summit. We reach the summit and in the summer it's usually packed with like hundreds of tourists who can drive up there. But in the winter that road is closed and there's literally like one person who is manning the, uh, the weather station there um, who we didn't even see. But being up there by ourselves is just such a special and uh, intense experience because it really feels like another planet. You know, the, um, the rocks and cairns have like ice coming off of them because of the way that uh, water and snow freezes on them. And then the wind uh, whips so fast that the, it almost creates like uh, sculptures on itself. I started to feel like we ourselves were turning into uh, alpine frost. Um, because it was freaking cold up there, even in uh, even in early May, and so we descended um, somewhere around Pierce. Uh, the sun began setting, and we're just unbelievably fatigued at that point. After Mount Pierce, there are still two peaks and about five miles left of the traverse. Since Sammy and Jackson got a ride from a friend, who they'll link up with later, they're not carrying full packs. It got very dark as we were approaching Jackson and it was also quite snowy and uh you know we didn't have our micro spikes with us probably should have but we wanted to go super light so we really just sent it through there I think where it started to really hurt for me was actually coming down from Webster um, after going over Webster the trail basically just drops off into a cliff um, with like roots and crags um, could really start to feel it in my knees in my joints so we got to the bottom and uh, Philip was, was picking us up, which was really nice because um, you know, he was picking us up to bring us back to the um, other trailhead to connect our, our footsteps and make sure we didn't miss any, any sections of trail. And um, when he picked us up, Jackson and I were just completely deliriously tired. The stage of delirious where like anything is funny. <laughs> and so we were just like laughing our ass off. Like we were on laughing gas or something. I think it, in total took us uh, about 16 hours to do the presidential traverse. We felt wasted after that day, like just absolutely wrecked by um, the beast that, that is the presidential traverse. 26 miles, 10,000 feet of vertical elevation, 10 peaks. And the most special piece about the entire day for us was reflecting on where we were just you know eight or nine months earlier 
um, because when we hiked the presidential traverse together this past summer that's when we decided um, that we were going to hike the calendar year triple crown together and to return to what feels kind of like old stomping grounds um, reflect on how far we've come since then um, as well as of course how much further we have to go but just how uh, uh, you know, sort of naive we were at the time when we first thought of the idea was uh, really, really special. With the presidentials behind them, Sammy and Jackson cross into Maine, which is special both as Sammy's home state and the final state on the AT. Eventually, they run into their first logistical challenge in Maine, the crossing of the Kennebec River. During peak through hiking season, a canoe ferry shuttles hikers across the river every day, because random hydroelectric releases make it unsafe to ford. But Sammy and Jackson aren't hiking during peak season. The Kennebec River is a logistical challenge for every AT hiker. Um, It is one of the only rivers on the AT that uh, is really recommended for you not to ford. And so, you know, this early in the year, we didn't know what the river was going to look like. Um, And it's too early in the year for the ferry service to operate. And um, what that means is we need to figure out our own way across the river. I was able to coordinate with uh, one of my family friends, um, an incredible dude named Dennis. And he came up uh, with a canoe of his own and um, helped shuttle us across the river. And uh, it was awesome getting out of the woods, coming down to the Kennebec, seeing Dennis on the other side. He made his way over in the canoe to get me and Jackson over. And then uh, when we got to the other side <laughs> and had already put the uh, canoe back, Jackson's like, oh shit. And uh, I'm like, what, what's, what's going on? And uh, he goes, I left my poles on the other side. We're like, okay, um, let's just go grab the canoe. We'll go back over, do this all again. Um, but Jackson's like, no, 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 I can swim it. I'm like, what? So he strips down. Um, and proceeds to backstroke all the way across the river to the other side, gets his poles, and uh, backstrokes back. (laughs) And uh, I just thought that was super badass. We're at about mile 92 of the 100-mile wilderness. Um, We got word today that Katahdin is opening the day after tomorrow, which is incredibly exciting because we don't have to wait Seasonal closures happen on Mount Katahdin every year when winter conditions settle into Baxter State Park. For most northbound thru-hikers, the challenge is to reach Katahdin before it closes in late fall. But for Sammy and Jackson, they'll arrive just around the time it's opening in spring. So our plan is to camp at the final shelter of uh, the 100-mile wilderness, which is about three miles outside the entrance of Baxter State Park. Um, Wake up tomorrow, get some food, make our way to Katahdin Stream Campground, which is five miles below the summit of Mount Katahdin. Tomorrow, we should have plenty of time to do that. Um, get a little bit of sleep there. Wake up around midnight. This is tomorrow night. Um, and get up to Katahdin for the summit uh, uh, at sunrise on Friday morning. So... It'll be a hopefully beautiful and uh, dramatic, uh, dramatic finish for us. Kind of pushing pretty hard to make it happen. So tonight it's like 8 p.m. already. 
and uh, we've still got five more miles to get to the shelter, so it's going to be a late night, and then hopefully get enough rest and uh, have things be chill tomorrow so we can set up for a good good sunrise summit and not have to not have to rush and just uh, enjoy it. <laughs> Feels like the stars are aligning a little bit, and uh, we're finally going to finish our first trail finally gonna finish our first trail we're finally finally gonna finish our first trail uh the end of the fifth month yeah i don't want to jinx it though uh we're about 1.3 miles from katahdin stream campground um we're we're gonna camp the night tonight uh it's about 7:15, so i estimate we'll get there a little bit before 7:45. we're gonna camp there for about five hours, wake up, uh, eat a little bit of breakfast, if you can call it that at 1 a.m., and uh, start heading up Katahdin. We'll be doing it all in the dark, so headlamps, um, and it's going to be pretty cold. But it looks like the summit is going to be like 20 uh, and 30 mile an hour winds, so probably colder, a lot colder with wind chill. It's uh, starting to dawn on me just how crazy this experience on the Appalachian Trail has been for uh, the past really five months I mean you know we haven't spent all five months on trail a good month and a half plus was spent on the Continental Divide Trail and the uh, Pacific Crest Trail um, but really from January 1st to uh, now which is the end of May a uh, constant in my mind has been the Appalachian Trail and it's coming to a close Every day has been different. Every day has been uh, beautiful. Every day has been difficult at one point or another. Some days a lot more difficult than others. Um, for example, today has been, you know, an easy trip down memory lane, whereas yesterday I got over 150 bug bites <laughs> um, and was chafing everywhere and feeling disgusting. This trail has really taught me a lot. I don't think I can really begin to unpack that quite yet, but I think one of the biggest things it's taught me is um, composure and taking things as they come and understanding that how you feel in this moment will probably not be how you're feeling in, you know, an hour or the next day. I'm also just feeling that sort of anxiousness that you get before uh, something big is about to happen, and someone in Katahdin, hopefully around like 4.30 a.m., um, going up in the freezing cold, feels like a big thing. <laughs> um, we'll be the first northbound finishers this year. Uh, I'm a little nervous about how tomorrow's gonna go. I don't want this trail to end, because it feels like the real world is gonna hit me once this trail ends. Even though I, I know that, you know, I have a couple other, couple other trails to finish off. Um, <laughs> and a long way to go on this, but uh, yeah, this is big. <laughs> Amazing timing, or? Mama! Glad to be alive, baby! Summit of Katahdin! Dude, I can't believe it's 5.30 a.m. That's fucking wild. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll catch up. 
have to drink this beer on the way down. So, it's on, baby. I'm just gonna take like 30 seconds. I think I'll be sad if I don't. I'm just gonna take like 30 seconds. Yeah. I'll, I'll catch up to you guys. Next time on Impossible Odds. I don't even want to say this, but in case this fire catches up to me, I love my family so much. I love my family so much. Nothing that I love more in this world than my family and my home. podcast was written and hosted by Sammy Potter with contributions from Jackson Perel. Our producers are Louisa Albanese and me, Zoe Gates. Wooly Music is our composer and sound designer, and Tim Massa is our assistant story editor. If you enjoyed this episode of Impossible Odds, please subscribe and leave us a review.